Chapter Two of the Bee Master of Warrilow by Tickner Edwards. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. February amongst the hives. The midday sun shone warm from a cloudless sky. Up in the highest elm tops, the southwest wind kept the chattering starlings gently swinging, but below in the bee garden scarce a breath moved under the rich soft light as i lifted the latch of the garden gate the sharp click brought a stooping figure erect in the midst of the hives and the bee-master came down the red-tiled winding path to meet me he carried a box full of some yellowish powdery substance in one hand and a big pitcher of water in the other and as usual his shirt-sleeves were tucked up to the shoulder bearing his weather-browned arms to the morning sun when do we begin the year's bee-work he said repeating my question amusedly why we began on new year's morning and last year's work was finished on old year's night if you go with the times every day in the year has its work on a modern bee-farm either indoors or out but it is on these first warm days of spring he continued as i followed him into the thick of the hives that outdoor work for the bee-man starts in earnest the bees began long ago january was not out before the first few eggs were laid right in the centre of the brood-combs and from now on if only we manage properly each bee colony will go on increasing until in the height of the season every queen will be laying from two thousand to three thousand eggs a day he stopped and set down his box and his pitcher if we manage properly but there's the rub success in bee-keeping is all a question of numbers the more worker bees there are when the honey flow begins the greater will be the honey harvest the whole art of the bee-keeper consists in maintaining a steady increase in population from the first moment the queens begin to lay in january until the end of may brings on the rush of the white clover and every bee goes mad with work from morning to night of course in countries where the climate is reasonable and the year may be counted on to warm up steadily month by month all is fairly easy but with topsy-turvy weather such as we get in england it is a vastly different matter just listen to the bees now and this is only february a deep vibrating murmur was upon the air it came from all sides of us it rose from underfoot where the crocuses were blooming it seemed to fill the blue sky above with an ocean of sweet sound the sunlight was alive with scintillating points of light like cast handfuls of diamonds as the bees darted hither and thither or hovered in little joyous companies round every hive they swept to and fro between us gambolled about our heads came with a sudden shrill menacing note and scrutinized our mouths our ears 
our eyes or settled on our hands and faces comfortably and with no apparent haste to be gone the bee-master noted my growing uneasiness not to say trepidation don't be afraid he said it is only their companionableness they won't sting at least not if you give them their way but now come and see what we are doing to help on the queens in their work at different stations in the garden i had noticed some shallow wooden trays standing among the hives the old bee-man led the way to one of these here the humming was louder and busier than ever the tray was full of fine wood shavings dusted over with the yellow powder from the bee-master's box and scores of bees were at work in it smothering themselves from head to foot and flying off like golden millers to the hives this is pea-flower explained the master and it takes the place of pollen as food for the young bees until the spring flowers open and the natural supply is available this forms the first step in the beekeeper's work of patching up the defective english climate from the beginning our policy is to deceive the queens into the belief that all is prosperity and progress outside we keep all the hives well covered up and contract the entrances so that a high temperature is maintained within and the queens imagine summer is already advancing then they see the pea-flower coming in plentifully and conclude that the fields and hillsides are covered with flowers for they never come out of the hives except at swarming time and must judge of the year by what they see around them then in a week or two we shall put the spring feeders on and give each hive as much syrup as the bees can take down and this again leads the queens into the belief that the year's food supply has begun in earnest the result is that the winter lethargy in the hive is soon completely overthrown the queens begin to lay unrestrictedly and the whole colony is forging on towards summer strength long before there is any natural reason for it we were stooping down watching the bees at the nearest hive a little cloud of them was hovering in the sunshine heads towards the entrance keeping up a shrill jovial contented note as they flew others were roving round with a vagrant workless air singing a low desultory song as they trifled about among the crocuses passing from gleaming white to rich purple then to gold and back again to white just as the mood took them in the hive itself there was evidently a kind of spring cleaning well in progress hundreds of the bees were bringing out minute sand-coloured particles which accumulated on the alighting board visibly as we watched now and again a worker came backing out dragging a dead bee laboriously after her instantly two or three others rushed to help in the task and between them they tumbled the carcass over the edge of the footboard 
down among the grass below sometimes the burden was of a pure white colour like the ghost of a bee perfect in shape with beady black eyes and its colourless wings folded round it like a sailcloth then it seemed to be less weighty and its carrier usually shouldered the gruesome thing and flew away with it high up into the sunshine and swiftly out of view those are the undertakers said the bee-master ruminatively filling a pipe their work is to carry the dead out of the hive that last was one of the new year's brood and they often die in the cell like that especially at the beginning of the season all that fine drift is the cell cappings thrown down during the winter from time to time as the stores were broached and every warm day sees them cleaning up the hive in this way and now watch these others these that are coming and going straight in and out of the hive i followed the pointing pipe stem the alighting stage was covered with a throng of bees each busily intent on some particular task but every now and then a bee emerged from the hive with a rush elbowed her way excitedly through the crowd and darted straight off into the sunshine without an instant's pause in the same way others were returning and as swiftly disappearing into the hive those are the water carriers explained the master water is a constant need in bee life almost the whole year round it is used to soften the mixture of honey and pollen with which the young grubs and newly hatched bees are fed and the old bees require a lot of it to dilute their winter stores the river is the traditional watering place for my bees here and in the summer it serves very well but in the winter hundreds are lost either through cold or drowning and so at this time we give them a water supply close to home he took up his pitcher and led the way to the other end of the garden here on a bench he showed me a long row of glass jars full of water standing mouth downward each on its separate plate of blue china the water was oozing out round the edges of the jars and scores of the bees were drinking at it side by side like cattle at a trough we give it them lukewarm said the old bee-man and always mix salt with it if we had sea-water here nothing would be better seaside bees often go down to the shore to drink as you may prove for yourself on any fine day in summer why are all the plates blue bees are as fanciful in their ways as our own women-folk and in nothing more than on the question of colour just this particular shade of light blue seems to attract them more than any other next to that pure white is a favourite with them but they have a pronounced dislike to anything brilliantly red as all the old writers about bees noticed hundreds of years ago if i were to put some of the drinking jars on bright red saucers now you would not see half as many bees on them as on the pale blue 
we moved on to the extracting house whence the master now fetched his smoker and a curious knife with a broad and very keen-looking blade he packed the tin nozzle of the smoker with rolled brown paper lighted it and by means of the little bellows underneath soon blew it up into full strength then he went to one of the quietest hives where only a few bees were wandering aimlessly about and sent a dense stream of smoke into the entrance a moment later he had taken the roof and coverings off and was lifting out the central comb frames one by one with the bees clinging in thousands all about them now he said we have come to what is really the most important operation of all in the beekeeper's work of stimulating his stocks for the coming season here in the centre of each comb you see the young brood but all the cells above and around it are full of honey still sealed over and untouched by the bees the stock is behind time the queen must be roused at once to her responsibilities and here is one very simple and effective way of doing it he took the knife deftly shaved off the cappings from the honey cells of each comb and as quickly returned the frames dripping with honey to the brood nest in a few seconds the hive was comfortably packed down again and he was looking round for the next languid stock all these slow backward colonies said the bee-master as he puffed away with his smoker will have to be treated after the same fashion the work must be smartly done or you will chill the brood but in uncapping the stores like this right in the centre of the brood nest the effect on the stock is magical the whole hive reeks with the smell of honey and such evidence of prosperity is irresistible to-morrow if you come this way you will see all these timorous bee folk as busy as any in the garden End of chapter two